Welcome to Your Divorce Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified divorce coach, event expert, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that with a powerful planning partner, you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster. Without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I could not be more ecstatic about this show today. We have a repeat guest because I knew she was the one and only person that needed to come on and really drive these points home with me. We have the amazing Brit Scatina. Did I say your name? Your new- Oh, yes. <laughs> I did. She got yes. a new name. She got, a, got new- a new name. She got yes. married. And Brit is the founder of Pretty Divorced. She's been on the podcast before. But today we are talking about dating after divorce. And she is all about this topic. So I want to give our listeners a little snippet on your bio, because just in case they didn't catch our last one, you guys, Britt is a divorce recovery and mindset coach. And if you haven't seen her out there, go follow her on TikTok. She's a TikTok fanatic. Through her company, Pretty Divorce, she aims to ease the uncertainty and stress associated with life after divorce. She prides herself on helping women start over with a sense of positivity, empowerment, and optimism. She is a jet setter at heart, and you'll find her in the friendly skies more than on the ground in her home in Kentucky. She soaks up every second she can with her cat, Calloway, and husband, Tony, her new husband, Tony. (laughs) She will never turn down a warm chocolate chip cookie, neither will I watching a scary movie or a spicy margarita. Welcome back, Britt. Hey, thank you so much. And hello, everyone. Again, (laughs) it's been so great to have amazing conversations with you. And this is actually a really special episode because as much as I put it out there to let our listeners know, hey, if you have a hot topic you want to talk about, let me know what it is. DM me message me and get a hold of me in some kind of way. People don't often, you know, just ping you back. But this time a listener did. And the request was on dating after divorce. And I'm like, why haven't I talked about this in all 127 episodes? Why haven't I talked about this? Because I get this question and I know you get this question all the time, right? Yes, all the time, (laughs) all the time. So you guys, we're going to unravel, unwrap three, probably way more than that. But the three (laughs) hot topic questions today are number one, when should I date after divorce? Number two, when and how does one prepare to date again? And number three, how to determine who you want in a partner? Such important stuff. So Britt and I are going to dive in deep, but I'm kind of curious about this, Britt. What was your dating life like after divorce? If you want to share any pieces and parts of that, I'd love to open up with that question. I had a very interesting dating life after divorce. I did do what I consider the right thing or the the best thing. And I did take some time. And I really did kind of get a good jumpstart on that healing journey and really trying to understand what just happened in my marriage, my marriage that ended, and what just happened with me and how did I contribute to that? And 
you know, how did he contribute to that and really try to at least get some basic understanding before I like jumped back in. And now looking back, I'm so happy that I did that. And that's something I can kind of pass along to the women I work with and and really urge them to do that. But I, I probably waited, it was probably almost a year yeah. Before I started dating again, before I really felt comfortable, I had gone to, you know, a therapist and did, you know, read a million books and listened to a bunch of stuff and even went to some programs at my church to really make sure I was stable and ready to be vulnerable and kind of put my heart back out there and, and be open for someone. Because I think it's tempting to download the app immediately and like get back out there. But I don't think that's being fair to yourself. And I don't think that's being fair to other people that you are going on dates with if you are not truly ready and open and healed in a sense. And so, yeah, so I waited some time and did some work and downloaded the apps and went down that path and really dated a bunch of different kind of people, people that I hadn't dated before and wouldn't have been interested in before. And it obviously didn't go that great. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, I pat myself on the back for trying and yes. out there and seeing who was out there and different age ranges and different religions and different, you know, really yes. tried to, to see if kind of what would stick. And eventually I kind of bumped into my now husband organically, how everybody wants it to go. It ha- it happened. So thank you, God, for that. And, you know, we just kind of met and met on a Saturday, went out on our first date on Wednesday and like haven't been apart for the last seven years, seven and a half years. So it was like a little Disney like so. <laughs> but I had I had enough bad dates and bad experiences before meeting him to where I feel like I can give some really good advice on what not to do and how to prepare and get yes. ready. Oh my gosh. I love all the pieces and parts of that. Thank you for sharing Welcome. all of that in a condensed amount of time. Cause I know it's like a whole yeah. experience years of yes. Yeah. Years and years. And I just, I would love to lend my dating experience oh, as yes, well, please. just so that folks have comparison. So I love that you did exactly what I wished I would have done, which is take some time, as much time as I needed, hire the right resources to really ask myself all the questions and figure myself out because I couldn't agree more. You're not just putting yourself out there for you. You're putting yourself out there to be in relationship with another person, other people. And so all of that, we're going to dive deeper into. But what I did was I moved into my own apartment and I got scared. I got freaked out that first of all, it was a two-parter scared. The first freak out was, oh my gosh, I'm alone. Mm -hmm. And I am, you guys are going to laugh, but I am 32 and I'm getting old. That's, I mean, all the mean girl stuff in my brain, right? So (laughs) I I freaked out and I'm like, I better get out there fast because- life is short and I better go. And, you know, I'm climbing my career. I'm a good woman. Like I can find someone else. Right. The second thing was I kind of wanted to, I'm going to show him. Yep. I'm going to show him what he lost because everyone's going to want to date me. Right. I didn't actually feel like that. I kind of felt like, oh my gosh, is anybody going to want to date me? But (laughs) my ego, my ego wanted to feed me the, like the, like 
at a girl. It's like, yep. come on, girl, pull your boots up, pull your panties up. Like, let's get out there. Let's fight for it. So I jumped on the Tinder train about one month after. <laughs> I mean, like it was, and this is when Tinder was at its prime, right? Like yeah. there's way better apps now. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yes. Maybe it's really good now. I have no idea. Yeah. I haven't been on it in a long time, but it became a game. I mean, literally the women that I worked with were so excited that I was right. on Tinder and we would sit at lunch and they would take my phone and they would swipe for me and they would write my bio and all the things, right? Like it wasn't even me because I didn't know who I actually was anymore. Yes. Right? So it was more like, oh, that hot guy and this and that. And oh, look at his name. And I dated probably went on four dates a week. Like, why not? I mean, they're going to sit in my apartment alone and cry every single day, which at the time I thought that's bad. That's a bad yeah, idea. Right, right. Why just sit at home alone and cry, right? But, or I'm going to go out and someone's going to pay for my dinner and I'm going right. to show him I don't even need him anymore, right? It was just this so egocentric, got to get back on the train. Nothing's going to slow me down. And let me tell you, fear-based dating is not the answer, it is not the answer. And you know what? It was, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to put myself out there in yeah. that way. Looking back, it was a very brave, courageous thing to do. It was yes. also a not very healed thing to do, but I was using dating as a distraction, right? Yep. I wanted to literally run from the pain, run from my life. And, you know, I'm going to be honest. I hope my mom doesn't listen to this, but I, <laughs> I slept around. I found lots of people and that wasn't me at all. That was, that was yeah. never me. I mean, my husband, and here's even more that people probably don't know. My husband was the first man that I had ever slept with in my life. So I was very yeah. not like that, but yeah. it was like something switched in my brain. Like, well, if I wasn't good enough in that marriage, I'm just going to let loose and just see yeah. what happens with this version of me. And it was just such an unhealed space, but I got to test out what that version of me looked like. And I found like that didn't feel good either. Yeah. Yeah. And that didn't create the connections that I was looking for. It created just quick hits of distraction and men that I'm so glad I didn't end up with yep. because like you, I also then decided to delete that app. Yep. Get to work on myself, which I did for over a year. Well yeah. over a year, there was none of that and no more dating. And then I just kind of like went in the extreme of like, I'm signing off men. I'm just going to be myself. Yes. And I attracted great friends and great things. And that is when I stopped focusing on the dating part. And I just started doing things that lit me up yes. and made me happy and, you know, circled people around me that I really enjoyed. And lo and behold, a man that I had met 12 years ago popped back into my life through work connections and things. And same thing. We met each other up on an event. We got each other's numbers, couldn't stop texting each other. And that was it. And yeah. we're not married, but we've been together for almost six years. And it's like, he's my person. We live together. It's amazing. So, and it's like the most frustrating thing because people will tell you over and over and over. I mean, my dad told me this growing up when you're least looking for it, when you're not seeking it, when you're not like so focused on it, that's when love finds you. And you're just like, what, 
ever, like whatever. That is not true, you know. And but it was so true. Much like yeah. you, I was focusing on, you know, I was playing a lot of golf. That's where we ended up meeting. I had ah. this great group of girlfriends. Like, you know, I was doing everything. I love. I just got this brand new career that I was like, oh my god, it was like my dream job. And I was like, oh my god, everything is great. Life is great. Did not have that on my list of to dos. Dating, yeah. you know. Yes. And he walks, and then. So there's something to it about when you focus on other things, when you focus on what brings you joy, when you focus on having fun and doing things for you and not seeking outward approval or outward, you know, these outward manifestations, but just like being like, oh, no, I'm happy. Like I'm doing things for me. Then really good things have this space to come to you, Mm. I believe. I love that you shared that about your dad too, because we all hear that, right? Yeah. We're all like, yeah. oh, just when you least expect it, and you I just want to put put up the middle finger and be like, really, <laughs> come on, like you don't know, you're with somebody. Hello, I'm least expecting it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Putting that vibe out into the universe, yeah. but it is true. It's really like I've heard heard people talk about releasing the grip which is just like when you have this urgency, like I have to have it. I have to have this job. I have to have this money. I have to have this relationship. There is this pressure cooker that's happening inside of yourself. That's almost that anxious energy. It's that eager energy. It's not excited. It's not enthusiastic. It's very, I hate to use the word needy, but it's almost neediness, right? I need it. I need someone else. And when you need someone else more than you need yourself, it just doesn't work that way. So when we can release the grip, give ourselves a break, like, woo, lean back, yeah. get some sunshine, love your life. That's the energy that attracts what is meant for you. So yes. I do agree with you that there is something major there. Yes. Yeah. You cannot come from a place of lack and gain that love and that joy and that partner in your life. And very much like the grip, I think a lot of people put a partner or like a new spouse on a pedestal too, you know, it's like, and they're like, I'm, I feel so far away from love because I've, I messed up the first mm. time or how could anyone ever love me again? Because I, you know, like, or I did this in my relationship or I wasn't a great wife or I wasn't a great husband or whatever. And it seems so far away. And so then they write it off or mm. they go the other direction and say like, all men are trash or like, women yes. are horrible and they're gold diggers. And, you know, so then you start getting these big sweeping beliefs because of these little things that might've happened in your relationship that you, you can easily adjust and you don't have to repeat the patterns, you know? Yes. You do not have to repeat the patterns. Let's answer question number one for okay. folks. When should I date again after divorce? And I think this one's really interesting because it's kind of like the, how long do I wait or how yes. long do I need to wait kind of a thing. Yeah. And now that people have both perspectives from people who, who did it very differently right after their divorce, I think they're really asking, and we can answer that question. When should I date after divorce? I'm curious what your answer is, but also I think they're really asking, how do I know I'm ready? Yes. So let's start with the, when, when should I date after divorce? Okay. So that is the million dollar question. And if I had $1 for every time I've been asked that, we would be on our own island right now, just (laughs) celebrating. So, And people are so disappointed every time I do give them an answer because it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. It depends on how your marriage ended. (laughs) It depends on how long ago your marriage ended. It depends on how much work you've done on yourself. It depends on your desire. And so I actually created like a little freebie for people with four questions in it so they can kind of reflect and ask themselves these questions and really take a look at it and go, okay, 
this is like I'm on my way or I'm not quite there yet. And they can at least have a temperature of where they are. So if it's okay with you, I'll go over those four questions. Let's do it. On the big four. Okay. Question number one, can I identify and understand (laughs) the factors that led to the challenges in my marriage or relationship, including my own role in them? So that's like, whoa, right? Okay. So everyone I feel like should have to answer that no matter if they want to date again or not. But it's really about like looking back and say, and having a really clear understanding of what went wrong and what can you learn from it? Specifically, what did you do? So you don't do it again. Yes. Yeah. That's question number one. Can you really step back and go, okay, what went wrong and how can I avoid that? Even like, I feel like in addition to that is like, how did I participate in this relationship? Yes. Right. Like, how did I show up? Because obviously like in some relationships, maybe there was abuse happening or things like that. But also, how did you show up in that relationship that you're going to tell yourself, I promise myself, I'm going to have a voice this time. I'm going to have a choice this time. I was a little too shy or a little too quiet or a little too scared. And I know that I have permission to do that relationship differently. So I love this question so much. Yes. Okay. Question two, can I have conversations about these issues objectively and be able to consider both my own and my ex's perspective? Okay. So now we're showing growth. Not only are you looking back and go, "Mm, what went wrong, but can I talk about it with whether that's like a coach like us or a therapist or your friends or this new person you're getting ready to enter in a relationship with, if you choose to talk about past relationships. Mm. Now, I will say my husband and I, we don't talk much about our first marriage. We never did. And I don't see a huge reason to kind of drag that in to our relationship. I think we both are very wise and we understood and we took the time to heal. So Mm. that's nothing we discuss regularly and never really have. But if that's something that you feel like is appropriate to discuss with new partners, then can you speak objectively about it and not always place blame or point fingers? I love this so much because if you're still continuing to get triggered by talking about your ex, then there are still some really open wounds that I haven't been nurtured and gotten that attention. And I think it's really important because I do remember the switch. I'll be really vulnerable and honest right here. I was not a divorce coach for the first two years of my coaching because I was scared that I wouldn't be able to help people in this way. That wasn't the case at all. I definitely had all the tools and all the knowledge and all the know-how and all the expertise. But what the universe protected me from, I actually became a life coach for food and body, relationships with food in your body, which which is something else that I struggled with. So I did that for two years. But when the universe finally jabbed me in the side (laughs) and went, you're going to be a divorce coach, it is time. I mean, I had my whole clientele group saying, Heidi, you need to do that. Like, and they weren't, none of them were divorced. So I knew like the universe was like, it's time, it's time, it's time. But the reality was, is that I wasn't able to coach yet because there were still some moments of my experience with my ex that were unhealed. And I felt them. I felt them inside of myself. And I wasn't going to be able to hold space 
for a woman that came to me with that wound, I would just be able to jump into it with her. And that's not what coaching is. And that is not what we do, right? We stay objective. We hold space and we help guide you to your next best step where you're at in your journey. So I love that question so much because you'll know it's a really great question. You'll know if you're able to even uh, another great pass is talking to your girlfriends, your best friends, 1 million percent objectively about this because your, your girlfriends, your best friends and your close family members who love you deeply, they're going to want to just send this person's name through the mud nine times out of 10, tell you why you're better without him and blah, blah, blah. And I knew that the flip switch had flipped for me, Britt, when people started wanting to say things about my ex. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We did that together. Yeah. He was not responsible for this and this and this and this and this. And when I could start owning it in a conversation with people who loved me, (gasps) there was deep healing happening. Yeah. That's freedom right there. Freedom. Yeah. 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 Okay. Three kind of piggybacks off two, but I think it's different. And that question is, can I talk about my divorce or breakup in a balanced way? Not overly emotional, but also not dismissive, detached, downplaying, blaming, or relying on unhealthy coping mechanisms. Woohoo! So it's like, we're taking it up a level each question. Like you may be like good on one, okay on two, but three is like, whoop, nope. <laughs> nope, I'm still blaming. <laughs> That's and I'm so not good. saying you, I'm not saying like you have to just be like the Zen monk about it and be like, no, life is great. But if you are, you know, kind of like you were just saying before, like if you are getting triggered and worked up and like ready to go, you know, and just run him through the mud, it's probably not time yet. You know, you're not at peace. You're not comfy with the situation and, and you still got some built up stuff that you probably need to work through in there. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is you're going to take all of that, those wounds into your next thing and start to project some of those insecurities on the people that you're dating who you don't even know at a deep level yet. Right. Just very surface level. So that's a great question. And if that's your energy going into how men are or how relationships are, are you going to be the most positive and, and outgoing and optimistic person when it comes to dating? Or are you going to just immediately kind of shut down and be like, Eh, well, he wasn't great or that wasn't great. You know, it's just, it's yeah. more about a whole like mindset of love and life and self and just regulating those emotions and understanding your emotions too. So, Absolutely. okay. So this will lead us into question four, which I think is a really important one. And that is what is driving me to start dating again? Am I feeling lonely, afraid, or insecure? Do I need support financially, emotionally, or physically? Do I just want to have some fun or am I seeking a long-term commitment? Am I just looking for a father figure for my children? Ooh. So that those are like 10 questions in one, but you've got to sit down and go, why am I doing this? Am I yes. bored? Am I scared? Am I lonely? Do I need money? <laughs> yeah. Do I need sex? Do I yeah. need a friend? Like, like, why? Why is it? Or do you really want love? You know? Yes. This is like, this is the intention question, right? What's my intention around dating? I really believe every, like so much, so much, not everything boils down to intention. Like what's my intention around dating? And I think it's important to communicate this because when I was thinking about this topic, I went, okay, maybe it is okay to do what I did 
yeah. if you know you're doing it. So I, yeah. I really thought I was dating just to like dating to date and yeah. find my next person. And yeah. I wasn't, I was yeah. dating to hook up. I was hook up yeah. Heather, rebound Rachel, you, you know, <laughs> assign a name to it. Yes. Whatever divorce distractor it is. Like <laughs> I, that is a divorce distracting mechanism. It is not for the reasons that you just asked. So those are beautiful questions to go through and go. If you are going back into the dating game for a hookup, yeah. Just be honest with your yeah. intention. And then yeah. I also think it's important though to communicate that intention with the person you're going on this date with. It's right? a must. It's, it's a, must. a must. It's a must. Because again, that's not fair to you or them if you're not being honest right. about what you want and what you need and why you're doing this. Yes. People are so scared <laughs> to just say what they're doing. And it's yeah. like, why? Like I have a, a girlfriend who's divorced and started dating again and was like, I do not want any more children. Do not want any more children. And she dated this guy and kept going on dates. And he was like determined to have a kid because he didn't have any. And she had kids and she just kept stringing him along. And I'm like, you have to either change your mind or like, let him know. Yeah. Because that's not fair to him. Mm-mm. And it wasn't fair to her to like keep falling in love with this guy who had a very big deal breaker there, you know? Yeah. And so I, I just don't, it, people just, I think they get scared and then they just say whatever they think the other person wants to hear and they kick the can down the road and years go by and you're wasting time yeah. and energy, you know? I also think that you can't be afraid or ashamed to tell people that you're going on a date with like, hey, I was divorced and I'm looking to get back into the dating scene again. I think people deserve to know where you're at, what angle you're coming from. And it doesn't have to be like right up front, but don't be afraid to share that. I know I was kind of scared because I thought by saying I was divorced, that just signaled that I was damaged goods, that I wasn't good enough to actually be in a long-term relationship. And that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. I really just didn't know who I was. And divorce helped me figure out exactly who I came to this earth to be. And I know, I know deep in my soul that without my divorce experience, I would never be the woman that I am today. I believe that with my whole entire heart. So um, I say that all the time. And that, that is why divorce is a gift. If you choose to open it, because it allows you to be this person that you authentically should be and like that that maybe in the past you hid or were scared to like just step into but it allows you to be that because you kind of wipe the slate clean and you you kind of start over and start a new chapter and you get to write that however you want and you're not damaged goods you're experienced you have no yeah you have you know these life lessons you have all of this that you're bringing to the table so I think you know, for me, it was important to find someone that had been divorced. I didn't want to date somebody that hadn't been divorced. I wanted somebody that was coming to the table like, hey, yeah, that didn't work great. But I, I know what happened. And like, let's do this again. Let's get round to it here. You know, that's really interesting perspective. And I love that for you so much. And I didn't I wasn't looking like I said, we both kind of found our partners just like doing things that we yeah. love. So I didn't find a divorced man. But I did find a man who really hadn't been in a long-term relationship ever in his life. And so what I gave myself permission to do was be really vulnerable and say like, here is 
like your questions one, two, and three. I did those questions. And then I communicated those questions with my now partner going, here's where you might see my insecurities show up. Like I feel like uh, he travels a lot for his job. So one of my insecurities is he works in a field that I used to work in, in events, and it's very female driven. So he's gone a lot. He's traveling a lot. And my brain went, oh my gosh, what if he cheats on you? Because I had been cheated on in the past, not necessarily by my ex-husband, but in the past. And I went, oh my gosh, what if like, I really, really love this guy. And what if he's out there like doing things behind my back? And so we've created a system that due to my insecurities in the beginning, and it's no longer that strong now, it still like peaks its little head once in a while. But we created a system that worked for me so that I didn't project that insecurity onto him while we were nurturing our relationship at the early, early stages. So, and he understood that because I shared my divorce story with him. And like you said, we don't bring it up anymore. We don't talk about it anymore, but he knows who my ex was, the kind of guy that he was, our relationship together, like, and all those things so that we're just very honest about what that was. And that isn't anymore. So it just feels, feels really, really good. That's beautiful. And like, what a testament to your growth and like knowing yourself and saying like, Hey, here's where I need you to be. Like, give me a little grace, you know? And, and like, it's not you, it is truly me, but can you help me with this? And that's what the beauty of a relationship is. And that's what a beauty of getting a little older and understanding yourself and knowing your weaknesses and where you, where you need that grace. And, oh, I love that. That's a great. Yeah. And I think that that also is really, really important because, you know, I work with a lot of women who say things like, I want to be really careful here. They say things like my partner, he just isn't very deep. You know, he isn't very deep. He never wanted to share his feelings with me. He never wanted to communicate with me. And so for me, I also kind of recognize those things about my past relationship. So it was important to not get back into it, get into another serious relationship where this man wasn't willing to communicate Mm -hmm. on the level that I needed to communicate. So from the get go, ladies and gentlemen listening all around, like you get to choose how your new relationship is going to be communicative and had he not been willing to nurture those things, had he just dismissed me and gone, get over it, Heidi. I mean, like, this is my job and I'm just doing it and blah, yeah. blah, blah. It, Tough, it would, it know? would, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, you know what it is now. So take it or leave it. I would have left it because yeah. you're not just in the dating scene to just fill a spot, right? To just right. fill a gap. And I think that's another part of question number one is, you know, others can only love you as much as you love yourself. So how do you know? How deep do you love yourself? Yep. How deep do you love yourself? How deep do you trust yourself? And what are your values? You got to answer those three things and know those things so solid. To me, those things are the topper to everything. Like 1000%. Right. And that's what I think we both work with women every day is like getting to know your true self. And it seems that sounds so easy to do when you just say it, but when you get down and do the work, ooh, woof, because it brings up some yucky stuff. And people sometimes don't even know how to get started or maybe they get started and they get stuck. And I think that's what's so valuable and like what probably we get so much joy out of helping people get to know themselves and mm. and, and craft in themselves like 2.0, <laughs> like yeah. the next version, you know? It yeah. really is, it really is. So that leads us into question two, okay. how does one prepare to date again. Okay. 
Well, okay. I've, I've broken this down into four little sections too, just to keep it keep it symmetrical. <laughs> and this is something we've just been talking about, but really valuing yourself yes. and finding that, and I hate to, I don't know, I hate this that this phrase has become so overused, but that self-love, I know everyone uses it in many different ways, but truly loving yourself more than anything in the world. Yes. And on top of that, Whatever you're seeking from a relationship. So on question four of the last section, you know, it's like, why am I dating? Are you looking for something? You have to figure out whatever you're looking for. You have to figure out a way to give that to yourself first. Yes. Before you go out there and start trying to find it from a guy or Mm. a girl or whoever, you know, whoever you're dating, you've got to fulfill your needs to a certain extent for yourself before you go out there and try to just get all this from a relationship. I'm a big believer that a relationship is a place that you go to give and not always take, Yes, but you should be pouring in. And that's why it's important to fill your own cup up so you can pour into your partner. Yeah, that's so important. That's so important. Self-worth and love for yourself and appreciation for yourself. You can't do that. You can't do that. And you're never going to have a healthy relationship. To me, it's like, it's like, uh, I'll use a Sunday, an ice cream Sunday. Who doesn't love ice cream, right? Like right. a Sunday is really good with the ice cream and the hot fudge and the whipped cream, right? Your partner, like it's amazing. That's enough, right? Some people don't even like the cherry, but I do. <laughs> Let's say everybody loves the cherry. The partner is the cherry on top. Yeah. It's going to be an amazing Sunday. You're the amazing Sunday and it has to, you have to taste so good for yourself. It has to yes. feel so yes. Good in your soul. Yes. And I'm telling you, you guys, this is a game changer. Why? Because once you learn that deep, visceral self-love, like in your entire body and soul, loss will become so much lighter, right? Yep. You and I have probably experienced one of the deepest losses we've ever had in our lives. And we know what that feels like at a visceral level. It is deep. It is heavy. It is empty. It is gut-wrenching. It makes you sick to your stomach sometimes, right? Your head is swirling, you're spiraling, all the things. Now that I've done that and I've healed that, I know that I have permission to no longer fall into the pit, stay there for so long, swirl in my brain. That's It's so exhausting and it doesn't need to be that way. So now the loss gets lighter. And now loss isn't easier because we will continue to lose people through death, through just relationships changing and so on and so forth. But now as we lose people through life and we get older and all the life changes, loss gets to be lighter because we have the toolbox and we felt it in our systems. I love that. Yeah, I love that so much. So yes, I mean, for many reasons, loving yourself and understanding yourself, got to do it. Yes. Um, The second part is, to just start feeling good. And that's on the inside and on the outside. And if that means chopping all your hair off, like I just did, (laughs) if that means, you know, starting to move your body more and feeling better about how you look in your clothes, if that's tidying up your diet, if that's starting a meditation practice, if that's going to church more consistently, like, you know, the mind, body, spirit, you got to feel good about you because when you walk into that date or, you know, fire up your app or whatever, you want to be proud of yourself and exude that confidence and that like, 
I love me and I and I believe in me and I'm worthy of this and I'm worthy of this love. And so I think that's kind of the next step. So fall in love with who you are as a person and then you can kind of work on what you look like and your spiritual practice and, and that connection. So that would probably be the next step. I love that. that. I love that one because I always tell my clients, like, I want you to start acting as if right yes. now. Right now, I want you to think about the life that you want and start acting as if. So what is she going to wear? And it's not just about the looks, but there is something about when I get ready in the morning and I work a lot from home because I coach. So I don't go into a nine to five office. There are days where I can just, you know, I can wear whatever I want every single day, right? But the days where I actually dress a certain way and put the earrings on and put the makeup on and put the shirts on and all the things... I have an energy about me that is yeah. different than the days where I wear my walking clothes, right? It's just different. So it's more about the feeling mm-hmm. that you're going to have inside of yourself acting as if you're already the woman or on your way closer and closer to the woman that you want to be in the life you want to live. And I think a lot of this is trying new things. Like yes. you said, yeah. don't put anything, don't shove anything to the side. If you've never worn hot pink lipstick, go to Ulta, go to Mac, go wherever and get the hot pink lipstick and put it on and wear it for two weeks and see how your life changes. And you might go, you know, hot pink lipstick ain't for me. And you might be like, hot pink lipstick has changed my life, right? It's the attitudes, it's the energies, it's the expressions. And we don't know. I tried a lot of things on for size, a lot, a lot, a lot of things. And I still try a lot of things. Um, And it's fun. Just let it be fun. So I love number two. What is number three? Number three is knowing your boundaries. So you're going into this. You've got to get clear with yourself before you dive back in. What are you looking for? What are you comfortable with? What are you not comfortable with? And get clear on that and make a commitment to yourself, whether that's, you know, how physical you're going to get with somebody, how much time you're spending on the dating apps. Boundaries are like a a million different things. Yeah. And how much you're going to share about your children. What's the timeline that you you know, pretty sure about before you introduce someone to your kids, start thinking about these things because sometimes a relationship can kind of develop fast. And if you haven't put thought into it, it's easy to say yes or well, sure. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. And then it's too late. You know, you've got yes. to. So knowing your boundaries is is really key on that. And then the fourth thing is really developing this attitude. And I hope this comes off in the right manner, but saying like, are they good enough for me? Yes. Are they hot enough for me? Are they smart enough for me? Are they successful enough for me? Because they think as a divorced woman, as you said earlier, you know, you get nervous. You're like, ooh, am I damaged goods? Hell no, you're not. You're not. And why are we always so worried? Am I skinny enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I successful enough? Am I whatever, whatever enough for him? And it's not about that. Like you're also auditioning him to be your partner too. And it's okay to put yourself at a really high level and know your worth. That goes back to the thing, valuing yourself and saying like, do they meet my standards? And that to me is huge preparation because I don't think a lot of people go into a first date 
wondering if that person's good enough for them. I think it's very, it comes from a very insecure place and like, oh, I hope I, I hope I did good enough to get a second date. You know, that's exactly what it is, right? Yeah. It's that, it's that hopefulness for that second date instead yeah. of just, was this what I wanted? Do yeah. I want a second date with this yeah. person? Selena Gomez was on TikTok saying something like, it's a privilege to know me. It is a privilege to be in my energy. It is a privilege. And so many of us know like her relationship and all that was all over there. But it's, it's like she finally realized that her worth was a privilege to be in the presence of, and it's not a snobby, snooty thing. It's a literally a worthiness thing. And we have to really make sure that before we dive in deep, like, who am I and what do I want? Yes. Right. What do I value? What's important to me? What do I enjoy? Mm-hmm. And I think this one's even more important than all the rest, not all the rest, but like, how do I handle rejection? Yeah. Right. Because if someone doesn't want to go on another date with me, I mean, I don't know if people have heard, but rejection equals redirection. I say like, it all the time. It's so true. Mm, mm. Nothing that is meant for you will pass you by. That's it. And if it's passing you by, it's not meant for you. And like, that's it. You just you got to just sit on that and go, okay, okay. I believe that. I believe yes. that there's something bigger watching out for me. And if it's meant for me, it will either come back. Like, you know, like your partner, like, yes. what was it? 12 years, 12 years. And he's back, (laughs) you know, like, boom. And you've been together six, you know, like that is beautiful. And so he was meant for you. Maybe just not at that moment, but. Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, one of the things that I own the biggest is all my insecurities with my ex-husband. I had all of those insecurities when I met my now partner back then. We probably wouldn't have stayed. We maybe, maybe wouldn't have even stayed together had I met him back then. Right. But I think like. It's so important as we go back into the dating scene that we remember that rejection is redirection and what's meant for you won't miss you. I love that you said it like that because we don't want to, we don't want to go into the dating scene faking who we are. It's so important to be unfiltered, to show up as your highest self because we only attract, like we're going to attract whatever we're showing up as. So you don't want to attract something that's fake. Right. Otherwise, those aren't going to last very long. I learned that the hard way. You want to show up as your highest self and remind yourself that like if you go on a date and it didn't work out and they don't want another date with you, even if you want a date with them, not everyone is for you. No. And and not everyone is for you. They shouldn't be. You can have one one partner. You should only have one partner. So (laughs) like. It's okay. You don't know who's like right behind them. You don't know who's right around the corner. And also on the topic of like being authentic, if you try to go into dating or relationship, not being your authentic self, and you're trying to play up a persona so that person will like you, you can't do that forever. Nope. So you are way again, wasting time and energy, and they're eventually going to see the real you. And if they require something else from you that you can't be or you don't want to be, then they're not for you. And that's going to end. And so it's like, that's why knowing yourself and loving yourself and just being yourself from the get-go is going to fast track you to true love and authentic love and a lasting love. 
Oh, that's so true. And, uh, you know, like, because I think some people fall into false societal stigmas too. Like it has to look this way. Like they create all the checkboxes of all kind of the external things rather than like all the internal things that that they're really looking for as far as connection and things like that. So just being mindful that you may go on dates with people who haven't actually done this work or ask themselves questions and you probably don't want to be jumping into a relationship with them based on a false sense of love based on a body type or a hair type or an eye color type or a a workout regimen. Like (laughs) we, we hopefully got a long ways to go with them and that fluctuates those types of things. They fluctuate. So we want to just make sure that we just continue to show up and honor ourselves and know that that rejection is, is redirection. What else did you have? Are you on number three now? That was it. That was it for number four. That was four. How to prepare. Yes. How to prepare. Beautiful. Okay. So let's go into our third question, which is how do you determine who you want in a partner? Yes. Okay. Well, this is, this is perfect. This is a great little segue. Number one, I always tell people you've got to have your non-negotiables. Yes. And those should be value-based. This is, we're not talking about characteristics yet. We're not talking about like tall, tan, brown eye. Like that's not a non-negotiable, but give yourself some flexibility there. Okay. Because I married a dark haired Italian man. I never, that was never like in my vision and I'm so happy I did, but I'm glad I wasn't like, I just want a blonde Southerner, you know, because yeah, that wouldn't yeah. have worked out. <laughs> so, so, okay. Figure out your non-negotiables. Those are value-based. So think about things like your political stance. Think about things like your religion. Think about things like family and how they value family and spend time with family and treat family. So these big, heavy things that aren't likely to change, those have got to kind of be on your list first. And you can use that as like a rubric of when you go on dates with people, if they're not lining up with your non-negotiables, you don't need a second date. Yeah. I'm not saying a Democrat and a Republican can't get along because I have friends in mixed political party relationships. But it gets hard. Sometimes it gets hard. And depending on your job, it may get impossible. So and then religion, you know, that can work. I was Southern Baptist. My husband's Catholic. And so it's working. It's fine. But some religions aren't so compatible. And some people demand that their partner converts. And so just think about those things like that and see what you're open to and have that list. Absolutely. I think that also comes from, and maybe this is one of your points is what lessons did I learn about myself and my partner and relationships from my last marriage? Those non-negotiables may come from understanding the lessons from past. Yes. Yes. That leads perfectly into number two. So I do a relationship audit with my gals that are in my course, The Ultimate Guide to Dating After Divorce. I make them do an audit of their past marriage and relationships. And so number two is to look at that audit, or if you don't have the audit, you can look back and see what characteristics you can absolutely not stand about your ex. Yes. And maybe some good things that they brought to the table. And there's a bonus tip. If you get stuck and you don't want to think about your ex or you've put him on the shelf, you don't think about, think about like shows or movies, like characters, male characters, or if you're a guy and you want to think about a female character, what characteristics did these characters like, how did they show up or how did they treat their spouse? Or like, what is dreamy about that? That you're like, oh, I want that in a relationship. 
Like I yes. want a really good communicator or I want someone who's really romantic or, you know, like whatever that looks like for you. But being able to kind of look back and be like, ooh, I didn't like that about my ex or that was really great that they did that. That helps you kind of know and have anecdotal proof of what you want in a new partner. Mm, absolutely. We have to answer the question, what am I looking for? Right? Yes. yes. What am I looking for? Otherwise, you're just, and it doesn't have to be specific. Like I said, I would encourage you not to go with the checklist of uh, brown eyes and blonde hair or whatever it is. Like, but how do I want to feel? Yeah. I think that's an important question. How do I want to feel with this person? Yeah. And I think that's why the movie or the TV show exercise is good because when you're watching The Notebook and, you know, Ryan Gosling's just like being amazing, you're like, I want that, you know, not saying like you need to write Ryan Gosling down, but like somebody that's super over the top romantic or does sweet gestures or knows your love language or whatever that might look like. But that feeling that it evokes, I I like that, how you said that. And if you don't know who you're looking for, you're never going to find him. So you do have to get clear about this person, not down to eye color or height, but just value based and things like that. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then number three, what do you want or need from your partner? Are you looking for long-term? Are you looking to get remarried? Are you looking to have more children? Are you looking for just a summer romance? Know what you want specifically out of the relationship so you mm. can communicate that correctly. That's huge. That's huge. I know that some people might feel, because I know that as I was trying to you know, reinvent myself or just find myself again, right? I would always say like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't let my clients say, I don't know anymore. I say, (laughs) if you did know, what would it be? And we get a little bit deeper. But if you truly are stuck in that space, I want you guys to ask yourself, what am I not looking for? What am I absolutely not looking for? That goes back to your negotiables question, right? Like, what is an absolute no for me? And you might be able to start by saying like, what was it about my last relationship? That's a heck yes. Mm -hmm. Keep keep that. Keep that about myself. Keep that about my relationship. What is that absolute no go? Deal breaker. No way. I would never put up with that again. Maybe your ex smoked and you're like, no. Or maybe you're sober now and you know you can't be with somebody who drinks or you've got to look at your whole life and kind of say, like, who would fit in here and not be so rigid that you're not open to other people. And I think the best thing I did, as I mentioned earlier, was date kind of some different people in different age ranges and different occupations. But you kind of got to know yourself enough to be like, this actually would not work in my life. Yeah. And be okay after you go out and start going out on dates, be okay, not leading people on, like just saying, you know, because nobody likes rejection or likes to be the rejecter, right? But it's okay to just say, I don't think we were a match. There's just something else I'm looking for. I can't even quite put my finger on it. You're a great guy. Thank you so much for giving me a chance. It's just 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 not a romantic connection right now. Yeah, not a connection right now. Because the more time you're spending with your nose, you're delaying meeting your yes, you know? So- Ooh, I love that. I love that. I also wanted to share one little nugget that I had in my heart. When I woke up this morning, I was like, okay, we're talking about dating. And I also think that like, while you're settling into this new you, like you and I both agree, 
take the time, answer the questions, and then maybe load the apps or ask the friends or just go go to more places where that bring you joy and, and excitement to your life. Go to those places and spaces, spend more time doing those things, and you will inevitably attract what you're looking for. But I would say, and I'm curious what you think about this, maybe start here. Other dating opportunities, I believe, are like dating yourself. Taking yourself on dates and enjoying it. I think that's another way to know. If you can't spend time by yourself and enjoy it, there's a lot more questions you need to ask. Yes. And it's okay to date yourself for a while. It's actually so necessary. I remember I... so. I love that you and I like cocktails. We love a good cocktail. Yes. We love. I, I know if we lived in the same place, we would probably hang out all the time. At least I yes. hope we would. But I would take myself to little martini bars and I would go and I would bring a book and I would, I felt really, really awkward in the beginning. Really, really awkward, really, really strange. But I loved the music and the ambiance and the lighting. And I would get my little lemon drop martini and I would sit there and I would stay for as long as I could could take it. Yep. And then it would get easier and easier and easier. And, was, and then I would also sit there in the energy of that version of me that had a partner next to me. Right. And it manifest that and envision that. And, and it's happening now. I mean, yes. I just did it like three weeks ago with, yeah. with my now partner, like that exact scene yeah. is now playing out in my life six years later. I also think it's important to date friends. Yep. Like, because finding new friendship after divorce, it's a real thing because you lose friends or you find friends. And so maybe test the waters in the area of friendship and make sure that you can show up authentically in a friendship area before you start. Yeah, that's a great like middle of the road thing because you have to be giving and honest and communicate. And, you know, it's it's like you're doing like a dress rehearsal for dating. Absolutely. And I think I love that you said like to date yourself. I I definitely did that too. And I think that was really important. And the other thing too, is like, you have to do other things. You have to be alone. You have to have friends. You have to have hobbies because what are you going to talk about on your date? (laughs) If you don't have a life outside of dating, you know, you can't just be like, I'm going to date now and like not be doing anything fun or interesting because what are you going to talk about work the whole time? Well, you can only say so much about work. So, oh yeah. Interesting. Be dynamic. Rebuild your life. Get back out there. Have some stories to tell and some questions to ask and like be interesting and have a life and don't just date to date to date to date to date, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not just dating to fill the role. You are are dating to just complement and add on to what you've already got within yourself. One thing that I like to usually ask near the end of the podcast is what's one thing you suggest? I mean, you've given us so many questions, so maybe it's, it's just doing this questionnaire, but what's one thing you suggest doing today to continue creating your comeback? Yeah, I think for me, I think the biggest help in creating my comeback or reinventing myself or starting that next chapter was being still And whether that's through journaling or meditation, and this could be something that takes five minutes or 50 minutes, whatever that looks like for you, but you've got to get in touch with yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think meditation is such a beautiful way to do that. And there's a million different ones out there. And there's Insight Timer is a great free app. Yeah. And there's a million different guided meditations on there. Even if you do just a five minute one. And just sit and be still and let the momentum of all the crazy and the chaos and the bad in your life, all this stuff that's like maybe closing in on you, if you just 
sit and just sit with yourself and let your all those thoughts stop. I think that is something everybody needs to do, no matter what they're going through in life every day. Ooh, 100% couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Well, you are a wealth of knowledge, especially in this space and so far beyond in the world of divorce and, and all the goodies. So where can listeners get more of you in their life? Yeah. So you can finally find me on TikTok. I'm at Pretty Divorced on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and YouTube, and Pinterest. <laughs> so anywhere you just find me at Pretty Divorced. And my website is prettydivorced.com. And you can find a bunch of freebies and my courses and everything on there as well. Ah, you guys. And Britt is actually doing a special offer for all of the listeners of this show. You can use the code PODCAST for 20% off the ultimate guide to dating after divorce. So I don't know what you're doing if you don't go get that right <laughs> now. <laughs> it's, it's so it's, good. There's so much stuff in it. A lot of what we covered today, but like so much more. And I think that'll be directly linked in your show notes too. It will. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys can find everything in the show notes, all her links, all her contacts. So start following her, get the ultimate guide. And Britt, as we close, I love to ask two closing questions. I know you've answered them before, but it's different every time. Yeah. Um, what's one thing that you love about you? Ooh, I might've said this last time. So I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but I would say my resiliency. I think no matter what has happened in my life, I've seen it as a blessing and a lesson. And I've taken the time to understand and move forward even stronger. And I mm. think it's easy to get stuck in life and easy to doubt yourself and easy to count yourself out. And I have been someone who has rebounded and found a way to level up after every setback in life. And I, I really value that about myself and, and I appreciate that. That is a beautiful quality to have and one that it, it's so powerful. And then the last question, Britt, is what does joy feel like in your body? Oh, I'm going to say, oh, okay. Like, uh, have you ever picked up one of those snow globes with glitter in it and you just yes. shake it up and then like the, the glitter just falls down? I think that that is it that personifies joy in it. Just <laughs> glitter everywhere. <laughs> yes. I love glitter. I love confetti. I, I know that we are so much alike in a lot we of are. different ways. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is one of my favorite episodes. I already know. I feel it in all every cell of my body. And I know it's going to be so, so helpful to our listeners. So I just appreciate you coming back and sharing all your light and all your love. Thank you, Heidi. And thank you to everybody out there. I appreciate it. And I hope all this helps. <laughs> And to all of you guys listening, thanks for tuning in. Just a quick reminder, you are safe, you are loved, you are worthy. Go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would, take a quick screenshot and share it now or leave a five-star review so this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at Your Divorce Planner or go to yourdivorceplannerhub.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with your divorce planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Take care.